everybody, Luke McElroy from Men's Performance Consulting back with another Physiology Secrets. Just wanted to quickly jump on today on another long drive back. We were in Ballarat on Tuesday, I'm in Ballarat again and it's Thursday, so another two hours ahead of me. So I thought I'd jump on and do a podcast. Um, I wanted to be very mindful of the amount of strength content we've been, we've been dishing out, so I want to get back on and do a podcast on more physiology, uh, just to keep the people who aren't so interested in strength um, up to date and, and tuned in. So what I want to talk about today is um, a way to measure your training improvement without or, without, or maybe in between doing lab-based testing. So obviously we recommend that people do their VO2 max testing, their lactate analysis every three months or so in a, in a regular training program to, to measure the, the changes which are happening. But then from a coaching perspective, you can understand that in three months, there's going to be some significant changes week to week. And a question I get a lot from some, from some of our athletes is that how do we look at the numbers? We use training peaks personally, but how do we look at the numbers in training um, to determine whether or not an individual is adapting positively or not and getting fit up? Um, and as I said, we use training peaks. You can use other, other platforms as well, but for the context of this podcast, I will talk about training peaks because I'm, I'm familiar with their metrics. And there's two main, um, two main statistics that we look at to see if, a, if an endurance athlete is positively adapting to their training. So the first one I'll talk about is called efficiency factor. And if you do have training peaks, uh, I'm not sure if you need the premium version or whether you can see this in the free version, but if you click on your workout and go to the summary, the big blue, not the big blue, but the blue tab which says summary, um, on the right-hand side, you'll come up with a, there'll be a list of about, I think it's about eight metrics there, and one is, one will be um, EF for efficiency factor, there'll be PW um, colon HR, which is power to heart rate, or otherwise, if you're running, it'll be, um, how does it work, P, is it, it might be P to, P to heart rate, or pace colon heart rate, something like that, which means pace, pace to heart rate, and has a couple other variables as well, has your normalized power, that sort of stuff. So, what efficiency factor is, I'll, I'll do it in the context of the bike because it's easy to explain, but it's basically how many watts you are producing per heartbeat. So for example, if you had a, you went out for a two hour ride and your normalized power was 160 watts and your average heart rate was 100, which is obviously low, but average heart rate being 100, your efficiency factor would be 1.6. Okay, so what that means is that you're getting 1.6 watts per heartbeat. If you then did some aerobic training and, and six weeks down the line you did a similar route uh, on a similar day on a similar in similar conditions and your heart rate was 100 again but your normalized power was 170 watts your efficiency factor will be now 1.7 okay so the higher that efficiency factor number is uh, the more output we're getting for the input so heart rate being the input number output being uh, the actual work being produced. So we want that output number to be as high, high as possible with that input number, the heart rate being as low as possible. That would indicate that we're, we're starting to positively adapt. From a, the, the, sorry, the second, the second metric that we like to look at is called decoupling, and that's that one I was mentioned before where it's PW colon um, to heart rate. So it's power, it's power to heart rate, and what it is, it comes up as a percentage. So, if it will average out the whole, so if you're using a power meter, for example, it'll, it'll average out the, the drift in heart rate 
or power in between a ride. So if you go out for a three-hour ride, and let's say it's steady, or let's say just for the sake of this, it's a flat ride with it's very easy to keep a steady heart rate. You hold a heart rate of 150, and if you can hold a power of say 220 consistently that whole time. So when you're pushing 220 watts, your heart rate stays at 150 for the whole duration of that ride. Your decoupling is going to be zero percent because there was no change. They didn't decouple. There was no change in in input and output. But if, for example, you held a power of 220 watts, but your heart rate drifted from 150 to 160 by the end, then there's gonna be a positive percentage. Likewise, if it was 220 watts and your heart rate actually went from 150 down to 145, there's gonna be a negative decoupling rate, a negative percentage. So what we look for, this is, this is actually the key metric that we use to determine if somebody, somebody's aerobic capacity is where we want it to be for a race. Because aerobic capacity being how, the, the ability to use oxygen for a set duration, for a set distance, right? We can't actually measure that in a VO2 max test. We, because it's only a 15, 20 minute test, right? So we, we can measure the potential for you to have a good aerobic capacity, but the only way we can actually measure your aerobic capacity is to see at what point uh, throughout exercise that your heart rate starts to drift up while your power or your pace is staying the same. Because if that happens, it's, it could be one of two things. One is you don't have the aerobic engine, the fitness to actually uh, maintain the same input-output. Or two, it could be external. It could be because uh, your internal body temperature is increasing. You're starting to sweat, you're starting to dehydrate. So your body's working overtime to send blood to the skin, which is going to increase your heart rate. Or if you become dehydrated, you're going to lose your blood plasma, some of your blood plasma, your stroke volume will decrease, therefore your heart rate will increase to counteract. Okay, so there is context to go. Context is important here. We have to determine um, if that heart rate is drifting as a result of, of lack of aerobic conditioning or whether it's an external factor. And that's why I said at the start of the podcast just here, I'm talking about um, comparing a ride or a run on the same terrain, of the same course, in a, the same temperature, just like a fitness test. We want to control as many variables as we can um, before we, we make any assumptions um, or conclusions about our fitness level. So they're the two numbers we want to look for. So in terms of the, the decoupling rate, if you can get under about 5% for the duration of the of your event you're aiming for, that's really, really solid, okay? An example, that, an example where decoupling um, was really useful, I won't give out the name of the athlete, we had an athlete who... Um, who started to, in a half Ironman event, they started to fatigue in the last 10 k's of the ride, and then their run leg um, didn't go as planned because they were, they were fatigued. And what we actually found is that in training, this person's decoupling rate was sitting around two to 3%, which is phenomenal. But then in the race, um, up until that 80 k mark on the bike, the decoupling was at three to 4%. But then after that, the last 10K of the bike and all of the run, the decoupling was at 19%. Okay, so what that told me for this individual uh, who was hitting awesome numbers in training, hitting awesome numbers in their VO2 max testing, that we just had to increase the volume of those sessions, okay? Because once we got to about uh, three hours in, that's when that decoupling started to happen. So we were fine for three hours, but then our aerobic capacity beyond three wasn't up to scratch. So we increased the volume, um, and then we improved the next race, and so on and so forth. So those two things, as a summary, efficiency factor being watts per heart rate or pace per heart rate, the higher the number, the better. 
and the decoupling rate, if we can get as low as, as close to, to 0% as possible, that means that we are, or even under 5% for the for the duration of the event you're training for, that would indicate that you have a good aerobic capacity. So hopefully that was useful, guys, and I'll jump on again soon and talk some more.